And the first one we oftentimes look at, and it's kind of the, the duh, and a lot of people push towards it, but you, the organization, a nonprofit organization grows on the strength of its volunteer engagement. Church being a great example of that. So how are you utilizing the volunteers within your church? And if you're, if, if you're in the assumption that you just have to pay, pay for this, then you're not gonna be able to grow and develop there, especially if you're in a mid-sized church. So how are you able to utilize those volunteers um, and advance the mission that you feel God is uniquely calling you to in your time and your location? Hey everyone, welcome to the Social Media Church Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Magnuson, and I'm joined today by one of my new friends and somebody who is going to be speaking at the very first ever Social Media Church Conference, which is right around the corner. We have Ben Stapley, the Weekend Experience Director at Christ Fellowship in Miami. And Ben, I'm just so excited for you to be here. First time guest on the podcast. Uh, obviously, we're launching the very first ever conference. You're a part of that. Uh, some of you listening uh, are very familiar with Ben. Ben is active in uh, the Facebook groups, puts out a lot of great content. So you might already be familiar with him. But Ben, welcome to the podcast. And maybe for the people who aren't as familiar with you, uh, would you just introduce yourself to our audience? Yeah, Aaron, thanks for having me here. I love the content you guys put out on this platform. Looking forward to the conference. Um, nice. Honored to be uh, with some of the all-stars. Looking to to share content, but more importantly, learn content from that as well. Right, yeah, so yeah. Uh, you, you gave a quick overview of myself. I'm the Weekend Experience Director at Christ Fellowship Miami. We, uh, we had about 8,000 people pre-COVID, seven campuses locally, 11 globally and uh, wow. so with that title right some people look at me and give me a puzzled look what does a weekend experience uh, director do yes and real quick my job is to make sure that we have a, an incredible experience that is moving people towards christ from the streets to the seats and then more importantly yes. to the screens yes. and how do we take that that usually that one hour long experience that happens on sunday morning and how do we extrapolate that over the course of the next week and those other hours that we have at our disposable uh, through incredible platforms like social media. So that's yes. uh, that's who I am. That's what I get a chance to do. And I work with the incredible teams that pull that off. Wow, Ben. Yeah, that's really exciting. And I don't know that we've had, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know that we've had uh, somebody in this realm on this podcast. And mm -hmm. you even phrased this uh, really interestingly. Um, ben and I are, uh, for our listeners, I'm going to uh, have really great questions because uh, sometimes I forget to hit record early enough in the conversation and I find out all the really interesting things and then I have an interview and we kind of do a regurgitated version. But Ben and I have hopped right in and hit record real early. So uh, there's so many uh, thoughts that are swirling around in my head and uh, that are going to be really practical and helpful for people in all contexts. I want to ask you a little bit about how COVID has changed things, particularly for your role, but we have a similar we have a, a, a gal who uh, sits in a very similar seat, but different seat. Um, you guys both have a similar title, uh, Weekend Experience Director. Um, but uh, what you're focused on is a little bit different. I think we were more focused on the streets to the seats, but you also added in there to the screens. And so you, I think, and especially because of your background, which we'll get into in a little bit before you hopped into ministry, um, are are. Uh, equipped to take people uh, even from the seats to the screens. And so I'm curious, what all does that encapsulate uh, from the streets to the seats to the screen? Yeah, even that even that phrase, I, I've been toying around with it. I'm, not, I'm trying to keep it clear, but I say from the from the 
streets. Um, but that's not our, our first encounter, by and large, is in ours and most churches, isn't because someone just drove by your church right. and they parked in your parking lot. And that's the first encounter with you. Oh, I see a, I see a church sign. They have a yes. witty phrase on their, their marquee that's going to draw me yes. in. Yes. Um, <laughs> Usually, usually the starting point, in fact, is this. It's the screen. It's someone right. is seeing them on social, is it exploring their website, checking out their church online experience, uh, maybe getting a digital invite from a friend, uh, yes. a link to the message that changed their life. And it starts, usually, usually starts nowadays with the screen and goes yep. to the streets, to the seats, to the screens. So for me, I'm, right. I'm trying to see it uh, as the actual, the whole cycle that we're usually starting with digital platforms engaging people and then um, in, inviting them to on-site and online experiences and then keeping that cycle going within themselves and then with others. How do you invite others towards this journey towards Christ as well and that discipleship model so it's not just for yourself, you're not just the end user, but um, you're that's encouraging right. other people. Yeah, so the, the, been, for, for myself, the teams that pull that off, the departments that pull it off, and just to kind of drill down a little farther, yeah. would be it would be our guest services, the people who are kind of physically okay. meeting with you when you get on site, then when you get into our experiences, into our auditoriums, that worship, production, um, creative uh, communications, and then online afterwards. Okay, so this this is great. How do we continue to engage people on those online platforms? So those are the major departments that I work with to that end. Yeah, that's incredible. I, I don't think dots, at, at least the churches that I've worked with and, and the, the church that I'm currently on staff at, uh, one and all in, in Los Angeles, uh, I don't know. I've never heard of those, all those teams you just listed off being connected or at least one person in the middle connecting all of those. But mm -hmm. COVID has shown all of us. Uh, I, I, sh I say that pre-COVID. Now, post-COVID, I see a lot of churches trying to figure that out. Oh, man, we should have been talking. Or we need to have a bridge that crosses all of these paths. So the natural question I want to ask you, Ben, is were you already thinking this way pre-COVID? Or did the pandemic really solidify, okay, yep, this is where the weekend experience pastor needs to go? Yeah, I, I was. And that was something uh, I pushed uh, Christ fellowship towards uh, yeah. some of my background just let you know i was a church online pastor three years before my role here oh, okay. and so that was something that was close to my heart saw the value in it saw the exponential growth the church could move towards five years ago and so that's something that i've been pushing um on for a while wow. and then like you're saying it's super helpful for any church whatever size it is um mega all the way down to small churches uh yep. to have somebody overseeing that experience that helps the left hand know what the right hand is doing that's right so it can even be a volunteer, but who's, who's the person who's helping have those conversations and have them across the board? And then the other thing I advocate for as well, just making sure that you have a cohesive experience on-site and online, inside and out, is yes. that that person has a seat, hopefully, at the executive level at your church. Or at least they have they have um, say in at the – they might not consistently sit there, especially sure. if you're a volunteer. Sure. But can they have the lead pastor's ear? and advocate for things because it is it's such an important aspect of ministry that if they're just getting marching orders and they if all the information is going down to them and they never yes. get a chance to lead up, then they're not going to be successful. And it's too That's vital right. for them just to get delegation and marching orders. They need to have say into that as well. 
And what are what are some of those uh, areas? That's great. You guys were thinking about this before. And so, Ben, I, I, I know that you're uh, approachable. And so if you're listening to this podcast and you need advice on maybe some of these first steps, and we might get into that a little bit later on this episode. But if we don't, please reach out to Ben. All of the ways to connect with him are in the show notes. And you've probably already thought as a listener of somebody who needs to hear this, uh, you can always share this link with somebody that needs to jump in on this conversation. Uh, yeah, reach out to Ben, DM him. Uh, I'm sure he's got some help. You've been thinking about this a long time. I definitely think, Ben, there's an advantage to having been, and I find uh, even within our organization, people who have been in the online space and thinking about it that are now somewhere else have a different lens uh, that they look at the area they they sit in in the church. Even if it's not a digital uh, role, they're still thinking digital. And so there's so much value to have just experienced uh, that online world. And I think that's really what COVID brought is all of us got to experience church through this digital lens. And so as we're coming back, mm-hmm. some places faster than others, some parts of the world faster than others, everybody now at least has some sort of a digital tint on the lenses that they look at church and the strategy through. Um, but I'm curious. Uh, so as you're talking about creating these strategies and you're talking about it's important for whoever is overseeing or interacting with all of that to have the lead pastor or at least the executive team's ear, what conversations specifically uh, are valuable to have and what topics are needing to get brought to the lead pastor's attention that maybe or the lead communicator that maybe they're not thinking about? Great question. So two things that I've always had the need to advocate for, and I, I hear of having conversations again and again. The the first one would be details, and the second one would be time. So details. Okay. So what where are you going with this mess? And that, I'll give a third. The third would be uh, authority or sign-off. So first of all, okay. where are you going with this message? Where are you going with this series? Where, uh, yes. what, what's the next chapter of our church look like? What's the initiative that we're going to push? So clarity on that. Uh, and then time. Time to pull yeah. it off. A, um, I don't think I've ever heard a creative or somebody um, designing an experience saying, I, I had too much time on that. Having yes. more time always helps to that end. And then the yeah. last thing I say is authority. Because here at the end of the day, at the end of the day, not all authority needs to come. Um, not all decisions need to come from the lead pastor. Right. And in fact, that's they right. shouldn't. Um, it's pretty unhealthy if they do. And that's going to stymie your growth, whatever whatever organization that is, a yep. church, a nonprofit, business. So. Anything. If, if the lead pastor isn't in a position to give that authority, to, to, if, it, if the lead pastor is in the position and doesn't have the time to craft that clarity and to find it where they want to go, then they need to delegate that authority right. to somebody else. Perhaps the person overseeing the experience and saying, hey, yes. um, you don't know where you want to go for Christmas. That's fine. It's, um, it's December 1st. I'm going to tell you yeah. where we're going for Christmas. Baby Jesus, spoilers, yes. <laughs> comes to earth. And, and yes. this is where we're going to go with the experience. And could That's you right. design your message around that? So at the end of the day, not all decisions need to come down from the sure. top, but all decisions need to be made. And so if a lead pastor doesn't have bandwidth, or it isn't wired that way. Some lead pastors not, aren't. They have other passions that they're for. And they want to be led by this person. That's right. But at least, uh, a, uh, so the direction of the decision, where it comes from is fine. Not making a decision is not fine. And so right. pushing towards that. Yeah, no, that's really good, uh, Ben. And I'm sure you probably have tips on even how to have that conversation uh, with the lead pastor. But I, I also know that um, 
what another thing, so many things that we've all learned. Uh, some of us were a little bit more keen to it uh, before the pandemic, mm. but we're all more keen to it after. We just maybe don't know what to do. I, I don't know of a lot of executive teams that have somebody in that's seated there that actually their brain is is thinking this way. That's that's covering the whole scope, digital to physical and, and how all of that intertwines. Uh, and so, yeah, whoever that is there and maybe maybe that person does uh, sit on your executive team already uh, or is in your church. You just need to maybe redefine their role or give them permission to be looking um, to be overseeing something different. But I know that, Ben, that's that's a huge need that I've seen post covid of somebody overseeing the whole process. And sometimes you'll try to cram it all into your communications department, or sometimes you'll try to cram it into the creative. Uh, but really, it's many teams uh, mm-hmm. that have this desire to be connected by this mm-hmm. one person that is overseeing this whole thing start to finish, almost like a project manager. How did you decide yeah. on uh, like weekend experience? And is it limited to the weekend, or are you kind of looking at the entire week and the whole life and season of the church, what you're talking about, brands, uh, series, all that. Yeah, it's, it's funny. We were just wrestling. I was wrestling with my, um, with my lead pastor about this last week. And he was saying to me, he's like, your title is pretty antiquated. Like if we, um, yeah. it's, you know, weekend, the weekend is the big thing. It's, he That's said, right. you design our, you design our experiences. And so someday I'll probably drop that from my title. But yes. so to answer your question, yes, it's, it's helpful to see it holistically. Um, uh-huh. Outside of, and we, we have Saturday Sunday services, but uh-huh. you might be thinking, oh, the, this Sunday hour of power—that's my title. Well, no, that's yes. that's just that is a title. There's one hour. Don't don't miss out on the other ones. Um, yes. But it, I'm, I'm going to challenge, and maybe it's not your assumption, but I, one of the phrases I heard just you might not yeah. have somebody on that executive team who's thinking digitally, and I would I would challenge that. I would say they they do in all aspects of their life. Where yes. um where did they where did they um, book? The restaurant res- reservations they booked it online where do they buy the school supplies yeah. for their kid they booked it online where do they order the new pool for outside because it's summer they, they did the it's it's online it's online it's online and so they're yes. living their life they just haven't changed that paradigm for um i can get all these other services and there's a service it's called spiritual development that yes. the church provides and right. I, how does the church provide that service um through these online platforms, everyone else is moving here. So, all even even your your most senior and seasoned um, team member on there is is probably heavily living life already online. It's just yes. changing their paradigm and it kind of do that aha moment. Aha! Look, um, you've done so much your your work today online, and you've looked for services online. How can we That's position right. ourselves to be in that same place, uh, especially in relationship to social? And, totally. and, and meet people's spiritual needs there. So it's funny. Like, so I heard somebody make the analogy. They're saying, uh, like, we, we, you take your physical health and you find different ways that you get it, right? You might you yeah. exercise here. You do a yoga video there. You do your yearly checkup. And you, you, you kind of piecemeal it together so that you're physically whole across your whole body. Yes. And from a spiritual standpoint, well, the only way to get spiritually whole is on site. Yeah, you better come on site. That's the only way to do it. And saying right. no, there are many avenues here That's that right. we can get spiritual wholeness. And online is a very important aspect of it. And utilizing social channels is a very important aspect yes. of it. So just that we say, the same way we wouldn't compartmentalize our physical health. There's only it's only this bottle of vitamins that I can get it from. No, yes. that is a aspect. 
and make sure that you get all the other aspects of it to be as physically healthy. Let's take that same paradigm perspective with spiritual health and leverage those tools. Oh, so good, Ben. You got I'm, me fired I'm, up. I, I'll get up my soapbox now. I'll get up my soapbox. Yeah, no, no, no. Please, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you stand back up. Maybe make it a little bit taller and turn the volume up on your mic, because uh, we're gonna. I want to shift a little bit into what you did even before you were an online pastor. Uh, you let me know, and and I'm gonna, I'm gonna briefly talk about it because we didn't even have a chance to dive fully into it. I want to do that right now with our whole audience uh, listening. But you talked about you were uh, a TV anchor, a producer, uh, those sorts of things in the world of video. And uh, your talk for the conference, uh, give people a little preview, is all about photography and building a volunteer team around photography. So more on the creative lens, uh, exactly what you're talking about, the value of media that is online, that is piece, almost piecemealing together the complete holistic picture of spiritual health. You did that in a professional setting outside of the spiritual world, um, but in, 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 in a lot of the same context with being on video, creating digital media to help meet a need uh, in people's lives. Do you just want to, because you're a professional uh, uh, in this space, do you want to kind of talk about and, and yeah, like I said, stand higher, talk louder into the mic on this soapbox about the importance of digital media uh, photography, videography, uh, playing a role in people's spiritual lives. Yeah. So that background, like you said, was vital for me coming into a ministry mindset. And actually, it actually, I came into it because I saw a deficit there. So I was, wow. I was storytelling. I was, I was a producer. I was a reporter. I was telling, and then I would go to my, ch my church and this, in 15 years ago, it was pretty subpar in terms of what we were doing locally. And then I went see nationally as well. Yes. And I felt that conviction of saying, hey, I have these, these storytelling, these um, production, these artistic talents that I could use within Christendom and help advance the story yes. and the narrative of the gospel and the good news there. And so that's been, that's been my heart uh, and been my desire ever since. And to come alongside other churches, other lead pastors, others yeah. who are trying to move forward in that and help them do it as well. At the end of the day, uh, you know, I, I'm, I don't know who I stole it from, but it's a great phrase. Like the best story wins culture. So at the end yeah. of the day, we will try to win store, we will try to win culture with our systematics and our theology that's not going to work you may be able to help a um, grad student pass a seminary course with that but at the end of the day they need to hear stories that they understand and that will win their hearts and one of the best ways we can do it is through this you're talking about the lens um, yep. using the lens to tell those stories well because at the end of the day we usually default to use the lens to promote things to yes. um to to announce uh, activities <laughs> and events which is not bad i'm not decrying that sure. but we don't do as good a job to tell stories and and if, and if we do i'm gonna get back in another sort box if we do tell stories aaron the stories we tell we uh we tell half the we we only tell half the yeah. stories we only show one side of the coin so we'd love to share uh baptismal stories right someone went from death to life they're the old to the new they're they've been yes. washed and they're now clean and that's beautiful that god has saved people but god is also in the process of sanctifying people we don't like to tell those stories as much in the church because they're a little bit messy right it's harder for for a church to say for someone to say um not that i was saved 15 years ago but in the past 15 days i've been working with my anger issues and i'm, I'm trying not to yell at my wife anymore and it's hard because of covid we're just we're jammed up together 
and I don't know how to do it. But every time that wells up with me, I ask God that his, he's the Prince of Peace and that he would reign in my heart. Wow. And that helps. Like th- wow. those are the stories that I want to hear. Those are Absolutely. the stories that I want to I showkase. Because those we can the relate that to are them, my right? life. Because we're exactly yes. because we're going through those stories and we're yes. struggling with those things. And oh man, okay, so I can follow Jesus and feel these things inside and uh, have those moments where I yell at my wife or I am not nice to my kids or I'm a terrible friend or I don't show up uh, on time to work or whatever the case is. Uh, yeah. yeah. How how are you guys telling those stories? How, how and are you? Uh, to the extent that Ben wants to be, uh, or is it is your church a little uncomfortable with it? I think everybody is. But, uh, yes. The disciples were right. People people would accuse Paul. But Paul, this this yeah. grace thing, this gospel thing, you're saying is ridiculous. It Too is much. What, what it's it's not. Yeah, exactly. So I I can I can sin seventy times seventy and like and I'm still forgiven after that. Yes. Yeah. And so and so Paul in his day was was a was scandalous. The message of yeah. grace and the gospel that he was That's echoing right. from Christ, and so, so you ask that question, you realize it's going to be a scandal. It's going to ru- because yeah. it's so easy for us to get back into the cookie cutter, and and and, and it not to be the relationship but the religion. And when you push into that messiness, so that's that's one thing. Be be comfortable with that. It's going to happen. It's going to be a little bit of backlash, but the backlash will pale in comparison to the glory that God receives for it. So that's be right. willing. To have that thick skin as a leader and say, yes, we are going yeah. to this because that is, well, we can't even get preaching. That is who he is. And yeah. if we don't actually accurately reflect that, when we get to heaven, Jesus is going to say, you told half the story. <laughs> you didn't showcase me well enough. Really, like I, you knew who I was, but you didn't have the guts to yeah. really tell people who I was. And so. Yeah, that's such a good word, have, Ben, because have God, it. like, that is. Uh, not to cut you off, but you got me. You got me excited. That that also reveals a side of God that people are attracted to. Uh, that it, it and just whether they're attracted or not, it reveals a side of God that we are keeping hidden uh, because we're not telling that story. We'll read it in the Bible. We'll talk about King David. We'll talk about all of these people that have failed and have been forgiven by God seven times, seventy times. Uh, but we're not going to talk about who's King David today. Um, mm-hmm. or, well, we do talk about them, uh, in Christian culture, we, uh, ridicule them, burn them on the cross, uh, and, <laughs> and, and then cancel them. Right. Uh, and I, you know, oh. I, don't, I just said a lot of hot button things there, but, but, yeah, but to yeah. your point, it's really important to understand that we are all in a sanctification journey. It's not just the baptism. Uh, it, there, there's so much more to tell, Ben, I want to, I want to go into specifically, how are you, um, telling those stories through video and even through photography. You're going to be talking about photography at our conference. Uh, people, we want you to attend. Uh, you can go to socialmedia.church slash conference and register there. It's starting in just a few days. We really want you there to hear Ben and so many other people who are going to be helping you amplify your ministry uh, once you invest into this conference and, and what they're talking about. But Ben, the value of photography, I know the, the videography uh, sells itself. We all realize video is important. Um, but I'm curious how you use both, how you uh, create media at scale, because uh, we're talking about we never felt the pressure to create media and become content producers as churches uh, as we did when this pandemic hit. Uh, and now I think a lot of us are like, wow, I can see we need more content, but how do how is this sustainable? How does it work? So maybe just uh, I know I talked about a whole bunch of things that just there, but videography, photography in the lens of telling stories. Uh, and maybe a little bit about what people can expect from your uh, talk at the conference. Yeah, you, great questions. A couple of things, a couple of misnomers that I would 
remove first of all is the bar of entry so we're talking about videography right so people go oh, gosh i need a crew lighting sound video i need a high-end camera i need a studio so that's one way to tell a story but a photo can tell a story as well so don't yeah. don't think the bar is that that's high good. especially when it comes to photography for entry for storytelling wow. uh the second thing is make sure you have somebody that curates stories so i've i've been a part of this where you've been in a staff meeting right and you'll yeah. recap the past weekend, the past Sunday, the services, whatever the big event is, and not just nitpick what went wrong, but celebrate how you saw God at work. And yes. people celebrate, yeah, that, then that life got transformed. This person came up with tears in their eyes, and I had tears yeah. in my eyes, and now we all have tears in our eyes. Yeah. And then that story, that story dies there. It doesn't That's go right. any further. And oh, so this we, is good, we have, Ben. I want to remind everyone listening right now, listen up, because capturing stories is one of the most difficult things uh, for people and organizations to do, even though there's a lot of stories, it is really difficult and elusive to track those things down. So, Ben, I'm so excited to hear what you're going to say. And I, our listeners, you need to listen up. This is really key because you can do a lot of stuff, but if you're not capturing stories, uh, you're missing. Ben, please continue. So find someone who's going to write that down. It's just even as simple as we, we literally have a document where we go and it's um, so-and-so so, uh, shared a story about this person and in one sentence description, this is what it is. And then that gives us, when we want to tell that type of story, oh, the divorce, we have somebody who was thinking about that and then they, they backed away from it. The marriage isn't perfect, but they're not yeah. going through a divorce because of the, and we, we can archive that and at appropriate right. time tell those stories. And then even if it's not an appropriate time, it's just, this is a great story about God right. doing something awesome. We're so gonna, we're in a staff now. meeting, in one of these weekend follow-up meetings, you have somebody that's charged with, they always have these glasses on, they're always listening and yes. they're in those meetings adding to that document right then, right there. Yes, and that, yeah. that's, a, wow. that's a gold mine for you to pull out down the road. The next thing, we talked about photos not being, um, not having a videographer on staff is not, yes. the, not a prerequisite to telling great stories. You can have a photo right. and someone who, who, who can string a couple of sentences together and who yes. are articulated. I, I haven't followed them in a while. I don't know if they're defunct and I don't know if all the content is appropriate, but um, a People's, People of New York was a, uh, was wow. a Instagram um, site that I followed for a while where it would just be a photo and it would be yes. a really captivating couple of paragraphs describing who they were. And I was like, man, talk about great storytelling. They did that yes. really well. And that these people that you're drawn into their stories. And so you can do that with, with photos. The, the next caveat I would give is, um, is give it a little bit of time. Give it a little bit of time. Okay. So sometimes you have somebody, right? And the, they had some revolutionary change in their life. And that was beautiful. That was powerful. But we also know that sometimes it's our, our spiritual development is uh, maybe uh, two steps forward, one step back. And yeah. sometimes we love to parade that person, right? And we, we, sometimes we do it a little too early. So I'm not saying you, wow. you got to wait forever, but just be aware of that tension. And that's bit me in the butt in the past where someone had some transformational experience and we, we celebrated that and it was still yes. a little too early. And they, you know, they slid back. And it was not that there was egg in our face, um, but it just, yeah. I, 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 I really bathe those stories in prayer because... Yeah. Gonna get me going. When you advance the kingdom of light, the kingdom of darkness pushes back. And so That's when you right. tell those stories, do not do do not just tell those stories. Pray over that person. Because yeah, you are wow. putting them on the enemy's hit list and say, right. Oh, God did something powerful in your life? I'm yeah. coming at you now. And and, yeah. and you not just need to you not need to storytell for them, you need to pastor them as well and spiritually protect word, them through that process. That's a good because word. Because at the end of the day, you're 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 opening yourselves up to that. 
and uh, and just yeah. need to be sensitive to that. Understanding the weight of the media we're creating. It's not like any other industry. There's no other industry that deals with the uh, power of darkness uh, the way the Church of Jesus Christ does. Uh, that's that's a really good good reminder uh, to all of us. Go ahead, continue, Ben. You're 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 diving diving in on all of this photography. Uh, yes. Mediography, creating media to tell stories. I, I'm curious if you, one of the questions I have. I hear uh, photos of New York. That that's something that gets thrown around in our organization a little bit. People almost use it as a descriptor of like a uh, 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 photos in New York vibe, uh, where you see a good photo and tell a good story, and it plays well on Instagram. Um, I think uh, our listener base. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, look it up. Even if the uh, account or whatever doesn't exist anymore, you can probably see some images on Google, at the very least, of of how this is done. Just beautifully crafted, powerful images, not videos, images with really nice text uh, accompanying it. So that idea. How else can you utilize photos outside of just an Instagram style uh, vibe that we're all used to? Just just get people's creative juices flowing here. Yeah, t- lots, lots of different ways. You, you get a sense of um, of who the people are um, at your church beforehand. So there's one of the things I always cringe at when I see a church is when they use stock photography on the website. So that's not – I would rather see a mediocre amateur photo of your people so other than a high-polished one of a – a perfectly balanced diversity photo that is shot in a studio somewhere. It's clearly not who your church is. Yes. Show me who you are. Show me who you are. Yeah. And so um, y- utilizing that not just for storytelling but culture building. This is the type of people yeah. we are. This is the type of people we want to become. Um, we, we would like you to be here. So um, that, is, that is super beneficial to do that. The, um, for me also, I, I like to shoot for emotions. And what's the emotional oh, okay. tone of the event that's going on? I, I'm a... I'm a I personally hate um, the posed photos. I would much rather see sure. all candid photos everywhere all the time because yeah. I get a sense of what is going on there, not just not just culturally, but emotionally. So are the people yeah. smiling? Are the people welcoming? Are they? What's the culture that I'm stepping into? So a lot of people, when they're looking at church, they're coming in with such baggage. And that yeah. it's, it, um, maybe it's their baggage, maybe it's cultural baggage, but they're coming in, not many people are coming in to organize religion and saying, this is a good thing from the outside. Yes. They're coming in with some baggage there. And for you to remove some of that baggage and to minimize it, you can do that with your photography. That's and you right. can show, yeah, um, it looks like these people are normal. I don't see any photos of someone handling snakes um, or um, there's some, some, some wild experience going on. Yes. But they look like someone like myself. And yeah. um, for me, it, it, and they're smiling. It looks like they're welcoming. It looks like they might want to be there. So use those photos to set the culture of who you want to be and who you want mm. to become by highlighting those type of people. Wow, that's so good. Yeah, Ben, that's really important. And, and yeah, the stock photography, I, I hope uh, if you've been a listener of this podcast for a long time, you, you understand uh, just the value of authenticity, particularly in this day and age, particularly with the up and coming generation. Uh, authenticity matters so much, even if it's sacrificing quality authenticity is that important. Uh, so thank you for reiterating that, Ben. I'm curious, um, just as we were kind of rounding third here, headed to home, uh, getting people excited for the conference. Specifically, let's take a moment and just talk about, uh, without uh, spoiling any of the fun things you're going to talk about in your uh, talk at the conference, about volunteers and the, the really important role that they can play um, 
for whoever in your organization is charged with these capturing stories, uh, either literally capturing them so that they can be written down or capturing them via video or capturing them uh, with photography. Um, just l let's speak to the to empowering volunteers. Yeah, there's, there's two, again, two sides of this coin. And the first one we oftentimes look at, and it's kind of the, the duh, and a lot of people push towards it, but you, yeah. the organization, a nonprofit organization grows on the strength of its volunteer engagement. Yes. Church being a great example of that. So how are you utilizing the volunteers within your church? And if you're, if, if you're in the assumption that you just have to pay, pay for this, then you're not going to be able to grow and develop there, especially if yeah. you're in a mid-sized church. So how are you able to utilize those volunteers? Um, and advance the mission that you feel God is uniquely calling you to in your time and your location. Yep. So you utilize volunteers. More importantly, this is where I like to park on, you utilize their giftedness. So for people who are artistically uh, minded, who have creative juices, oftentimes they're sidelined in the church. I don't want to change a diaper. Uh, I don't feel comfortable right. leading a small group. And I guess that's it. I guess I'm just sitting here. And the, and, and the gifts and the talents that God has given me, the gifts and the talents that he says, if I use them, he will multiply them. I guess they're not actually needed. I guess they're not actually beneficial. And I guess, and I guess there might be something deficient within me because I don't know how to sing on stage and I yeah. don't know how to lead a small group. Uh -huh. That is not true. That is not how right. God has wired all of us. He's given us those unique gifts. And so to, to give those platforms for those people with those gift mix, you are manifesting the gift mix in them and you are multiplying their effectiveness what's going to happen in their kingdom. And so find those people, give them those avenues to, to be engaged. Yes. Again, not just, to, not just to accomplish the mission, but to call forth who God has designed them to be. And he's given those, those talents, those creative talents, be it photography, videography, um, social media, caption writing, all those talents uh, to them in particular. And he wants you to find them and release them. So there's your charge. <laughs> Go yes. and do it. That's right. And, and what I love about this is this is uh, applicable and executable for anybody listening to this podcast, churches, organizations of any size, we've already established just how vitally important it is to tell stories, utilize these technologies to tell those stories so that the message of the gospel can be advanced across the world. Uh, but then actually how you execute is the same for churches and organizations of any size. It's all the same. And we want to make sure that those people don't feel sidelined. We had Phil Cook on a few episodes ago. Phil is also contributing uh, in a similar but different vein to this specifically looking at creatives for our conference coming up. And uh, so Ben, I'm curious, uh, do you have, and you might talk about this a little bit at your conference, but it's worth it for everybody uh, who does or doesn't attend the conference to hear how in this season, particularly, are you managing uh, creatives and, and maybe some tips on nurturing creatives? Cause it is not only do they get sidelined in some cases, but they're also a unique bunch. Uh, I'll say we are a unique bunch of people to manage, especially at a volunteer level. Uh, do you have a few tips that you can throw people's way on, on just kind of how to maybe start the conversation of empowering them and then keeping them engaged and just managing them that way? Yeah, there's so, there's so many different ways. One of them, I'll, I'll touch on because it's fresh. I literally just had a team for lunch the, today over at my place because oh, wow. they're highly relational. I myself am not. They can bust my chops. Hey, this is so uncomfortable with you. I was like, yeah, it yeah. is. But I know you need it. 
And so I yes. want to pour into you and I want to give you this. Um, so it's, it's, that's, awesome. that, that's an example of micro of the macro. Realize they're a little more, they're a little differently wired and meet them where they're at. Another yes. example of that I've, I've found, and it could be a sticking point for a lot of LPs and uh, XPs that might be listening who like the box and like a framework, realize yes. their ability to uh, describe their spiritual journey may be a little more ambiguous than what you feel comfortable with. Yes. So when did you cross the line? When did right. you say the finish, finish? I remember asking a photographer that, you know, um, the, 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 the description was, tell me about your conversion experience. And it yeah. was this one day I woke up and I felt this, the warmth of Christ within my, <laughs> with myself. And I knew that he, his, his joy and passion was calling me yes. on to become like, and it was, it was, it was theologically correct. It was written right. in an artistic style, yes. and I had to kind of decode it. Like, does it fit with my boxes? <laughs> right. And so, just just realize that their ability to describe that is going to be it's going to be slightly different. Um, and and then the other thing in terms of that too is I I always I advocate for other places where they can can they belong first before they behave. So again, yeah. do they have to check all those boxes, or are you comfortable in that? Different churches have different levels of leadership and what they experience, but um, there are people or great artists in my church that weren't followers of Christ yet. They were still exploring. And I said, that's great. While you explore, can you do that behind the lens as well? Yes. We would be benefit. We would hugely benefit from your wow. talents. Could you and engaging them in that artistic community? You know, yes. it was that was the small group for them, and that is that yeah. is how they found Christ through the lens by by having a chance to belong in that community. That is a uh, really good word, Ben. That is such a good word, and I see where I see this play out well, also in an artistic vein. But it's a little. I don't know why it it seems easier or more acceptable is on stage, not necessarily someone leading worship, but I know at our church, we have a lot of musicians that were able to stay employed because we have a lot, you know, we're out here, churches out here in LA, we have a lot of our musicians that are are paid on staff, uh, are doing gigs, at least pre-COVID, doing gigs on the weekend, uh, just sharpening their skills, meeting new people. And there's people that meet, hey, do you want to, like, you're an excellent musician, uh, you know, you're, you're into following Jesus, but maybe you are on that faith journey. Do you want to just come play your guitar or come play drums for us on the weekend at one of our campuses? And that seems to be a little bit of an easier uh, step to take. But for whatever reason, when we're asking them to create graphics or we're asking them to uh, take pictures and be involved or even capture stories, we just rule them out as not, you know, you're on your journey. You know, we can't use you yet uh, instead of I've, and the reason I bring this up is because I've seen so much fruit from our worship mm -hmm. department of people who have just mm -hmm. because they're hanging around people who are following Jesus passionately, that does something in them to, to get them the rest of that way of like, you know what, I'm going to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. Uh, and, and we have an opportunity to do that behind uh, Premiere, behind Photoshop, behind a lens, like we have an opportunity to do that in those spaces as well. Uh, so I just appreciate you opening that door uh, and encouraging people. Look, they don't have to, or they might articulate it strangely. They don't have to be where you think they have to be to be around and on these teams of people that are creating Christian media, uh, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Uh, ben, do you, do you have any uh, final thoughts on that? And then I'm going to ask you one question. Uh, it's something that we started after the social dilemma came out on this podcast. Uh, just so vitally important uh, to talk about the social dilemma and how the role that um, we have to lead in the social dilemma, uh, because it's not good enough that we say, oh, well, uh, we have this uh, whole problem on social media. Let's just get off. 
uh, because they're out to get us. Uh, the answer has to be no. How do we do this sustainably? So uh, before I dive into that, though, Ben, uh, any final thoughts uh, or any final plugs uh, to what we're going to get to hear in a couple of days at the conference from you? Yeah, in terms of a plug for the the talk on photography, yeah. I'll just frame it just so pe- like people know where we're going. Um, yeah. Oftentimes we we talk about photography, and we'll maybe zero in on gear, like what what's the gear yeah. that you need, um, yeah. or we'll talk singularly about how to take photos before, or t- right. sorry, take photos during the event. But I I break it down and I look at first of all, cast vision as to why why your church should invest in this yep. art form, and then what are best practices for photographers staff and volunteers before the event, during the event, and then also really vitally after the event. A lot of churches mm. kind of skip on that p- part, and then the yep. photos they take aren't curated or aren't archivable, and they don't live on beyond that. There's nothing more disappointing for a photographer to shoot an event and then never see them posted. Why? Yes. <laughs> Why? Yes. I gave you the, the memory card. Yeah, we didn't have time to do it. So making sure that you had those strong systems in place so that mm-hmm. when you do call a volunteer, you're going to maximize their time. They're going to see their work get displayed, and then they're going to be motivated to do it again. So a lot of it is system building on the back end. Yeah. So it's a great experience for that volunteer, and they will thrive in a number of faithful years of utilizing their skills to that end. Um, that's what I'd say. And then so in terms good. of the... The social dilemma. Um, yeah. Man, this, there's a lot I could go towards. Um, but one of the things that's close to my heart, is this, I see it a lot, is um, how, do we, how do we showcase um, all people and not just the beautiful people? Because at the end of the yeah. day, we know that's, oh, that's what sells. Bad. We know what gets clicks. Yeah. We know what that's gets right. a lot of eyeballs. And, and then again, there's, not, there's nothing wrong with beauty. I'm sure. not trying to bemoan yep. that. But um, sometimes it looks like our churches are for beautiful people or cool yeah. people or young people. And not right. all people. And so how do we tactfully um, not go after clicks through beauty, um, but go for um, showcase the diversity uh, and, yeah. and showcase the, the beauty found in Christ through the, the diversity that he loves all of us. And we're all that's precious so in his good. eyes. So uh, maybe it's, I've just seen that a lot recently. And so that's probably a little yes. bit of a hobby horse for me. Uh, ben, that's great. You took that question uh, in a great direction, uh, and that that th- that was free game. I want to ask you another question off the social dilemma. Um, I, that's so important, and I appreciate you saying that. I think uh, for a lot of us leading this space, that that uh, showed us that wow. Uh, I guess I was maybe the only person <laughs> that was actually aware of what was going on, and all of you are just now realizing how these things work. I, I guess I naively uh, didn't realize just how steeped in this space. Mm-hmm. And I don't say this in a braggy way or, or mm-hmm. anybody who's in our circle, Ben. Uh, but I just, I thought people understood what Facebook and Instagram and Twitter mm-hmm. and all of these things were doing and how they hook you. Uh, but people didn't. And so I'm glad this documentary came out. But one of the things I want to lead in this space in is digital health. And so how do we, who are this is our livelihood. This is our jobs. This is what we're thinking about all the time. How do we stay healthy? And so Ben, from you to our listening audience as a final question, I want you to leave them with one tip or trick that you have implemented in your life. Uh, and some, some of our previous guests have talked about certain settings on their iPhone or certain just how do you sustainably continue to live in a digital space without burning out, without experiencing some of the pitfalls and scares that uh, the social dilemma revealed? 
Yeah, <laughs> that's going to be tough. This, this is accountability. I'm going to share what I try, try to do. And then okay. my wife's going to hear this and say, you're not doing yes. that as well as you say you're doing it. So lies. Yeah. So Secret. I'll, this with, is all with, of us. We're with, all with, on a journey, Ben. We're all on a journey. It's, it's, yeah. Not just being saved. You're, you're being sanctified. Right. So for me, uh, some of my <laughs> some of my, the standards that I try to apply just so I don't get yes. into an unhealthy and a toxic place that we saw through yes. that, that film was I try not to check social before noon. Is and, okay. and, and and I was I was bad. I was like you know alarm would go off and pick up and I would look for I would want that dopamine hit and let, let me you know, let me see all those notifications. Yes. And so that that is unhealthy. And so for me, not till noon um, is one of the rules that I try to apply. And the other one wow. for my wife and I, this is helpful. We've done it for I think the past four years. Is um, going into Lent is for us that season is we'll fast from social media. So I'll go and I'll I'll delete. I literally have to delete them off my phone because I do not have self-discipline that I wish I had. Yes. It's a fruit of the spirit, and I'm yes. trying to develop it. Right. So I'll delete those off my phone for Lent. Um, I think I, I think I actually put I had to put them back on because that's when the pandemic hit, hit last year. <laughs> or I don't. And it's like I actually have to jump in and engage people um, because it was, it, right. so much was going on. But generally that's speaking. Right. Yeah, I, I can go for 48 days without social media, and um, I'm, I'm usually a better person, and it re resets me. That being said, wow. I may go up to biannual with that, because I'm feeling mm -hmm. even now this summer, like, I think I need a reset, and I think I need to pass from it again. That's really good. So you have a little bit of a reset, and you also have a rule that you try to abide by. Uh, we, we'll, we'll let your wife hold you accountable on it. Uh, noon, and you, uh, I, don't I think open it's social in, um, media. Uh, uh, on the DMs, can't you see when like someone like checks it, you know? And totally. so I have friends who hold me accountable, like, bro, I saw you. I you saw go. you. I know you checked this. Uh, accountability is probably a third tip. That's really good, Ben. I just so appreciate your time. I appreciate you contributing to the conference, all of the thoughts that you add into this space for pastors and ministry leaders. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Yeah. Uh, well, everybody, if you have not, you have a couple days left before this thing goes live. Uh, I want to make sure that you are a part of our three-day conference. You can find all the details at socialmedia.church slash conference. This is going to be a great opportunity for you and uh, invite your friends for other leaders in your sphere to learn how to take your ministry and amplify it on social media. We have almost 50 speakers that are going to be contributing thoughts all in different areas, similarly focused, but in different areas, covering strategy, content, creative, and platforms over the course of three days so that when you lean in, and this is this is the only reason we've attached a price tag to it at all is because we've seen that when people have a little bit of financial currency down on the table, they lean into it harder. And Nils and I are really passionate about the fact that when you do lean in and take these things that Ben and all of the people accompanying him at this conference are going to be talking about, you're going to see the gospel advanced first and foremost, and your ministry thrive on social media. So you don't want to miss this conference. You can register, claim your spot today at socialmedia.church slash conference. And until next time, we'll see you all next week. Uh, my name is Aaron, and this is the Social Media Church. Uh, this is the Social Media Church Podcast. <laughs>